in high school, I was hanging out with old friend, uh, some friends of mine, and we were watching some documentaries by David Icke. David Icke is a well-known conspiracy theorist, and he's written a few books. He used to be a soccer player, actually, a professional soccer player, but he converted and he moved into conspiracy theories. He had documentaries about the Illuminati, about how, you know, the Bush family and the Clinton family were all lizard people who were shape-shifting, and mo- much of the public media is actually there just to fool us and to misguide us to thinking that, uh, you know, we're there to help them. But actually, there's a few people in the world, or a few families, including the Rothschilds and, uh, you know, some other major families that basically run uh, the world, and they continue breeding on the same bloodline just to keep power and they also kind of control all the government agencies including the FBI, the CIA so everything is kind of run by their decisions. That's what the video said and this was like and I was watching this late at night with some friends and uh, I we literally were in the living room and we were afraid to leave the house because we thought there were just a bunch of people ready to, to get us because we found out too much. Like we just have learned way too much information for our own good and we're about to become prisoners and lose all our freedoms because we just had the truth in our brains. Uh, it turns out there was no one outside and it was happily ever after. Nothing happened to us and it was all in our minds. Did some more research and realized it's completely pretty crazy although um you know led me to other beliefs like nothing is real everything is possible quantum mechanics quantum physics you, that, that makes me pos- it makes more things possible when you think about it in a quantum level potentially probably not you know quantum is all you know on a nano scale very small scale so you can't really justify any kind of conclusions on a macro scale but that was how i was thinking when i was young in high school my favorite conspiracy theory is actually MK Ultra, where the government... Oh, a real one. Yeah, and it was turned out to be real, but basically the government was using hallucinogenic drugs and other types of mind control techniques, really, to control the Soviet prisoners and make them tell them what they want to do. But they also use it on soldiers. So they basically gave unsuspecting U.S. soldiers doses of LSD and film them and i saw film i saw the footage of it so that led me to believe it was real so that was kind of cool to have some of that you know i felt satisfied that not all conspiracy theories are just false uh, I, I don't know I, I felt it was interesting i i just love the idea that um anyone who's ever watched a documentary that you watched when you were a teenager was being waited out like there was a gang of lizard men outside their home, waiting to break their kneecaps. That said, Ray, you should never have stepped outside the house. (laughs) Positive feedback loop. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Positive Feedback Loop. This is your host, Ray, and with me, lovely Stephanie. Hello, everyone. And Luis. Hello, everyone. You guys, miss you guys. It's been a while, so let's do this again. So in today's episode, we're going to delve into the topic of conspiracy theories. 
people may believe in something that might not be uh, factually true or might not be believed by the majority of the population to be true, but regardless, they still believe in it and there are groups of people who strongly believe in it. And according to 160 million people in America, there was a conspiracy behind JFK's murder. 110 million people believe that global warming is a hoax. 18 million people believe that bin Laden is still alive. And 12.5 million people believe that non-humans, the so-called lizard people, these reptilian elites who are actually controlling the world, control all the politics and the global affairs that occur in the world. So, And these people also believe that these reptilians are shapeshifters. So... Today we're going to try to talk about why they believe in them, how they got to that point, and how conspiracy theory can grow to a level where the broader population starts to consider them to be real, even though there's no real facts around them. So, first question I'd like to pose to you guys, actually, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? If you, Whether or not well, you believe it or not. Yeah. The one that comes to mind is one that's kind of trending lately because Google Maps just release their globe view uh we used to just see like google maps as a flat map and they you can kind of rotate the earth now and so all the flat earthers <laughs> are coming out of the woodwork to talk about how you know their conspiracy that the earth is really flat and surrounded by a wall of ice and that that google maps is yet another manifestation of how the population of the earth is just under the thumb of globalists Sure. You mean the reptilians? Oh, I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. <laughs> that the, the reptilians are in charge. Yeah. In this case, they would be globists. Yes, the globists. Most of the world are globists, but you've got the flat earthers who are blasting Google for releasing their globe view. So that's the one that comes to mind, just because it's it's the most you know it's in recent news. Well, Steph, that's just not fair. That was going to be mine too. It's, oh, really? Yeah. It. <laughs> It, I think it's the fact that it's so, it requires so many people to go along with it for so little benefit that it's undoubtedly the most entertaining one to me. That's not to say that people who believe it are bad humans, bad human beings or bad people in any sense. It's just one of those things that requires such a level of conclusions, of jumping to conclusions and making assumptions about the nature of what motivates other people that it's endlessly entertaining to me. Do rich people use telecommunications? Do they sure. benefit from the technology that enables telecommunications? Sure. I would say probably. Yeah. Is NASA the most powerful organization on Earth? Most no. people, given their funding, would say probably not. And yet there is a belief that NASA is somehow controlling the narrative and managing to convince millions of scientists, uh, engineers, tech, uh, people involved in all levels of tech uh, exploration, and just scientists and people who have been in a hot air balloon for, lo for long enough that the, the Earth is, I mean, sorry, that the Earth is a globe, even though it's clearly flat. And despite many, many people being able to observe the opposite and having hundreds of hours of evidence of video evidence of that not being the case yeah but we observe it because our eyeballs are circular <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, so I think that's the, an interesting point that ray brings up though because 
Uh, I was reading up on some, on conspiracy theories in general, and apparently, like an, another aspect of what makes a conspiracy theory a conspiracy theory is that they're unfalsifiable. Like that they they can't really be proved wrong because yeah, they expect you to prove a negative. They and they yes, and they incorporate any evidence against them into the conspiracy. So you say, well, we have this new evidence that shows that your conspiracy is totally wrong. And they go, well, and they start to build the story around that as well. And so they just incorporate into this, you know, black hole of conspiracy, anything you'd come up with. I mean, I do have a question though. I mean, there are some people that keep conspiracies going because they do provide, you know, quote unquote evidence such as uh, you know, it, there are aliens, and so th- that are that are you know nearby and messing up, messing with the Earth, and there f- that's a conspiracy. But people are claiming to have seen aliens messing with Earth, and they've claimed to have been abducted and then returned back. And so, you know, has anybody claimed to see the wall of ice around the flat Earth, for example? That they- I'm not sure. But I do, one of the things I've noticed that's a really common trend amongst, I mean, at least in my kind of exploration of the world of flat earthers, is that there's oftentimes a religious element to their belief. Uh, A lot of people will quote the Bible and say that this is actually just NASA and their anti-religious agenda. Agenda, yeah, that's the word. And their anti-religious agenda trying to keep down good Christians or hide the truth of God from the eyes of the people. That's something I've noticed. I'm not saying that that's what motivates all people who are who believe in this particular conspiracy, but it's one of the things that I've seen as a really strong through line. I I think that the discussion of evidence when it comes to conspiracies is one that's complicated because a lot of the things that, as you said, conspiracy theories cite as their evidence is the it's fact that evidence. other people do not do not trust their evidence. Yeah, or they, yeah. they're the counter evidence oftentimes is a motivation for them to say, well, you're just part of the deep state or you're one of the globalists. And the, the fact that you're trying to keep us down is a sign that we're right. Like, look at uh, currently the big thing in conspiracy circles is the idea of censorship, censorship in social media, uh, not from the government, because the government's not stopping anyone from saying anything in this case, at least not the American government. But a lot of social media platforms are kicking a lot of people off of social media for conspiracies because they are wildly popular on YouTube and Twitter, <laughs> etc. So actually, YouTube has even started a program, to, they're trying to do a program where they are putting up Wikipedia links in conspiracy videos mm. to try to provide people an alternative inf- uh, an information. But I've seen the craziest stuff on YouTube. I've seen everything from Beyonce is actually a demon, uh, and you can see the evidence of a demon entering her by like going clip by clip on a video to obviously Alex Jones and the whole Sandy Hook being a false flag, which is a really popular and very convenient idea amongst a lot of conspiracies, the false flag operation. Right. With Alex was, Jones, with Alex Jones specifically, he was banned uh, as you were, um, we were discussing earlier on Facebook and I believe on Twitter. And I think Amazon is still selling his stuff. So they're like the last major company or like you know big digital company that's still in one way still su- not supporting him but allowing him to make money is it amazon's responsibility would it be their responsibility to like take them off take him offline or stop selling his items i don't think it's amazon's responsibility 
That's a different discussion, I think. But that, that gets into the idea of how do you resolve the issue of conspiracies, right? right. Do you censor them? Is that going to make them go away? Especially when the people who do, are in, engaging with them feel that that strengthens their argument. Because well, I like Wikipedia. I like the whole, stop you. Right, and I like the whole YouTube putting Wikipedia links directly on these videos so then people can do their own research. I think people also have a sense of uh, they, they like hearing something new, like novel and strange, and especially when the person saying it is very passionate and aligns with their other worldly views, they tend to be very, you know, uh, easy to convince. And that's kind of the problem in the first place. One of the issues we come across, it's kind of an ethical issue, is free speech. You know, do we censor people because most of us think they're wrong? That's hard for me to accept because I'm, I really do believe that free speech is really important, even when it is, when it can be rude or wrong or <laughs> whatever it is, because uh, there's something in, at least in American culture, and I, and I know in many other cultures, the idea, the idea of uh, differing opinions actually helps us uncover truth. And, you know, it is our job to understand our sources and to do our research and not just listen to the rumors as well. Despite the fact that there are conspiracies out there that I think are wiggity whack, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still want to allow those people to make the claims they want to. And I think of how this kind of, you know, this touches on a lot of the trending issues and ethical issues today of censorship, you know, thinking about, uh, there was a, in the news, I think Google was thinking of launching, or, or people think that Google was thinking, <laughs> maybe it's conspiracy, <laughs> of launching <Right. laughs> a search engine that uh, was censored so that it could open in China. And many Americans, at least, were really upset that Google would Allow, almost encourage a censored search instead of just pulling out of China completely. There's something in, in us, at least in, in our Western mindset, that, that free speech really is that important. I agree with you. It, it is very yeah. important. And I think that we should let people say what they want to say. I think um, the move that you know Facebook or Twitter made with Alex Jones is really interesting, and I don't know how the backlash is going to play out. But they have the right to do that as a company, I think. So yes, they are not they limiting their that person's free speech. Technically, they're just limiting a platform to him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and there's and the idea the of taking yeah. away like bullies, and you know, yeah. Twitter's doing a lot to to not a, to basically block users if they're really harassing right. others and and that's kind of just users not not abiding by their terms of service but then there's exactly. the you know then there is the issue of conspiracy theories i mean they do harm people that that don't have the capacity to understand you know re researching and come you know believing healthy resources <laughs> for their sure. they could for their they understanding. could actually harm people if, they, in the wrong setting people can die it can yeah. be weaponized. Conspiracies have been weaponized. I mean, yeah. look at the 2016 election. How many people, look at the whole Pizzagate situation, right? You have the now, the uh, obviously for those, for listeners who may not be super aware of Pizzagate, it was the idea that uh, members of Congress, specifically Democratic members of Congress, but 
members of Congress and people tied to Hillary Clinton were holding uh, a child sex sex ring underneath uh, the, the basement of a pizza parlor, resulting in a person showing up at this pizza parlor convinced that there were children in a basement with a gun, or rather with a rifle, to and like break down this basement that didn't exist. So there, there is a lot of potential damage that could result from these conspiracy theories, and they can be taken advantage of. A lot of people are very susceptible to them, especially in research has shown, uh, I have a 2016 study here that, sh- that cites the fact that the people most likely to kind of fall, not fall for, but uh, believe in conspiracy theories tend to be people who have lower self-esteem, are less agreeable, uh, are less conscientious. They are less agreeable or more yes, agreeable? Yes, less agreeable. They feel more powerless. They feel like they have less self-control. And they tend to mistrust other people and authorities. These are the people who conspiracy theories they are the most uh, attractive to. So, I mean, and there's plenty of people like that out there. There's Everyone has an, an uncle or something or some family member or a friend who maybe they're unemployed and they're feeling a little down about themselves and they find a community online while they're searching the internet uh, at home. Uh, and from there, it gives them a feeling of community and it gives them a, an understanding. It, it gives them an understanding of the world that fits in with their own ideas. There's a lot of ways people can fall into this. And it's dangerous to let it go unchecked, but it's also dangerous, as you said, Stephanie, to completely strip strip people of the right to explore these conspiracies, especially in the knowledge that sometimes governments do bad things. Well, there are conspiracies that have been proven true at some point. We call conspiracies as all fake news, <laughs> you know, basically, you know, but I don't think that's the definition of a conspiracy because there are conspiracies that are actually real as well. So, and just because the majority doesn't believe it, I mean, truth is not democratic. Speaking of conspiracies that were true, I think it's time we turn to Luisa's history corner. Talk about (laughs) the green run. Chemtrails may be fake, but the green run certainly wasn't. Uh, For those of you who may not be aware, the green run was an event that happened in Hanford, Washington where the U.S. government released thousands of curies of radioactive material into the air around Hanford, Washington, it, over 200 miles of populated area. That's a lot of radioactive material. It was estimated that that was around 500 times more radioactive material than the Three Mile Island accident, although it's only, been, it's only a minute fraction of the amount released by Chernobyl. This was... A big event, and it was kept completely under wraps uh, from 1949 until the 1980s, when a newspaper, through a Freedom of Information Act uh, request, was able to get documents and show that this actually happened. Although the government states that no one was actually injured by this, a couple of people were able to get settlements out of the government in 2005. It just goes to show the government, in trying to keep ahead of the Soviets and test their instruments, could do a lot of bad back in the day, and even today, as we've seen from other conspiracies. Wow, that's very interesting. And I think with that, we will cut to commercial break, everybody. Thank you for listening to the first half, and we'll be back in the second half of Conspiracy Theories. This holiday season, take your family to Conspiracy World, the place where nothing is theory. 
On the delightful second day of your visit, lizard people will break into your hotel room and take you hostage. For an extra fee, aliens can abduct you instead. Take our all-inclusive safari and almost fall off the edge of the earth. Enjoy wild dreams as planes leave chemtrails above you. And of course, meet Elvis while sipping water that was fluoridated by communists. All this and more at Conspiracy World. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of Positive Feedback Loop. Uh, today we're talking about conspiracy theories. And, you know, we were kind of discussing not all conspiracy theories are actually false. Many of them turn out to be true. But in actuality, how long does it take or how many people does it take for us to realize that a conspiracy is actually true or how or we figure out that it's all complete bull? At what point do we figure this out and I think Louise had an equation for us or maybe not an equation but at least some sort of scientific um, I, I see what you're getting at Ray um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about uh, what Dr. Grimes this, uh, a paper by Dr. Grimes a yes. physicist who analyzed real conspiracies that were discovered uh, such as the Tuskegee syphilis experiment where the US government in, uh, conducted uh, syphilis experiments on people and de denied them access to penicillin when it was proven to be a true cure or a true treatment, uh, as, as well as the NSA PRISM uh, project, the FBI forensic scandal, and a bunch of other stuff, and estimated how long until a conspiracy was discovered given the number of participants. So the entire idea is the more people you gotta get to go along with a conspiracy, the more likely it is that one, that people are either A, going to drop the ball at some point and information's going to leak, or B, that someone's going to whistleblow. Because someone's not going to like it, you're going to go up to some technician somewhere, say, hey, can you do this thing for me? And that person's going to say, no. And then you get a, Sno a Snowden. Uh, and then you get a Snowden. So What's a Snowden for our audience? Just so Snowden sounds like a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Snowden is a famous whistleblower, uh, currently, I believe, residing in Russia, who uh, blew the whistle on a lot of NSA spying on Americans. So what he did basically took this framework and created a formula for estimating how long it would take for a conspiracy to get discovered given these inputs. Uh, and that's the number of people, whether the conspiracy was an event or an ongoing thing, uh, so that, you know, people die off, so they're not going to be saying anything if they die off. But if it's an ongoing thing, you got to keep people shut up. you got to keep people quiet for a long period of time, kind of like uh, if climate change is a hoax. That's a whole lot of scientists you got to keep quiet for a very long time. And basically what he found was that assuming no one's investigating the conspiracy, just on the conspiracy alone and the people involved, any conspiracy involving more than a thousand people is very likely to get discovered within 10 years. And if you're involving something on the on the order of 100,000 people, as with would be the case with a, a, climate, a climate change hoax, then you're talking on something on the scale of less than five years before it gets found out. Because someone's going to drop the ball or someone's going to leak. So how come we haven't... Why, why does that still exist then? Well, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't agree completely in the sense that there are different types of conspiracies. When it comes to a governmental conspiracy, then yeah, at some point, someone would have to leak information or 
whatever. But then if you have a conspiracy where it's one of those, I think that it's called like a, a you know, divine intervention type. I think Jesse Walker had like different conspiracy types and it was that you either have an enemy outside, within, above, or below, or benevolent. <laughs> and so, you know, it's either the government, you know, outside, you know, somebody within, or there's some, you know, aliens without, or, you know, something above, something below. But the benevolent one, that that's a hard one to whistleblow. It's not like the angels up in heaven <laughs> are going to whistleblow on God or something. And so well, people what, who what, have what's, certain types of What's a of benevolent conspiracy? A benevolent conspiracy yeah. is someone who thinks like, for example, someone who believes that God is really a game player and that he's just kind of moving us around for his own pleasure and uh, that we're just kind of all Simulation just a game. Or we're just like a board game. You know, it's it's hard to say that, well, at some point, so many of us involved are going to, there's going to be a whistleblower who knows the truth, who's not going to keep it. True, so but I that's, think that... not all types of conspiracies would fit your your mathematical equation. I that's don't the know problem. if that's a conspiracy, though. It is I, a conspiracy. I, I, because a conspiracy God, is a, isn't. If people believe it. And but, no, no, no. But I, I would say that. But if a you believe like, that that beings outside of of your control, I mean, that's everybody. But <laughs> that that you know, angels or a, a god or a set of a pantheon of gods, you know, if that can be a conspiracy, because you're basically saying well, you're defining all religion as conspiracy. Well, some people define religion as conspiracy. That's a big problem because I, I, I you know some things like are gone on faith. I'm just, it's, you know, I'm it's introducing that the people problem. People do consider religion you know? as a, as a, that's true. They do. Let's take a step, a little step back. As here. a religious people do person, consider... I can still accept that people look at religion as just a big conspiracy. And I don't believe that, but the truth is people conflate the two. They think that they're one and the same when they're, when they're not. I would say, I would say that in terms of what you're describing, Mm-hmm. The conspiracy there in, in terms of religion, if someone's going to come up with the idea that – if someone's going to say and claim that religion's a conspiracy, what they're probably describing is that the acts of humans in terms of uh, controlling the beliefs of others, mm, that that's, that's the, the conspiracy. conspiracy. The, the conspirists the are the ones who came up with the idea. Exactly. Okay. The idea of there being aliens or a god or things like that, yeah, aliens is a little bit more direct because that's a physical thing, but – a god itself can't really be a conspirator. But uh, here, here's the problem. You know, some guess, of these beliefs I, start guess... without there being a conspirator. There's not necessarily, uh, you know, people who have ill will and they start a lie and everybody's believing the lie or, or they have a group of people that join them in propagating this lie. There are beliefs that... and and you know, cultural dogma that is written into the way we live that was just started by some belief or some, uh, what do you call it, superstition, you know, there. so there's no conspirators present. So that, so could it be considered a conspiracy theory? I would or say conspiracy? usually the conspiracy theories involve the acts of individuals, whether they be human or not, because yeah. of course we have talked about lizard people as being a conspiracy <laughs> Uh, but it usually involves some level of deception, right? Someone's hiding the truth from people. Someone is hiding yeah. this fundamental truth of the universe. Someone is hiding God from people, for example. If you were to claim that God is hiding, and whether God's the ultimate puppet master, 
Someone on Earth is hiding it. Now, if your belief is that God has wiped the memories of humans so that we cannot possibly imagine him or her, okay. But that doesn't ultimately, that's not actionable, right? You can't really do anything about God. It's a conversation that's difficult to come to a resolution or any kind of conclusion to right now. Like, there's supposed to be a group that's trying to harm other people or prevent a truth, yeah. like Louise is saying. But that's why I would say religion people. is not a conspiracy. Well, I mean, right? People conflate it, though. They say, oh, you know, religion... You well, know, it is, this in a way, specific religion are is just using, conspiracy. There are lots of cultures or in history, religion has been used in order to wage war against others. So it has been yeah. used as a but tool. But that's not a conspiracy. That's just, you know, using religion and interpreting it incorrectly and leveraging it is if you don't find out about it to yeah if 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 somebody's trying to hide it then yeah but the religion itself then is not the conspiracy it's the use and misinterpretation it's the use of it right exactly so it's the same it's a cult for example a cult could be considered a form of conspiracy if someone behind it is uh manipulating things to get a particular end Similarly, as you mentioned, there could be beneficial conspiracies. There could be people who believe that they are leading the world to a better place, and yeah. they do so by misleading us, right? By hiding information, maybe by hiding us from the tr- hiding the truth of flat Earth, we are able to operate and not fall apart, right? That's well, how about the, the conspiracy idea. theory that Google is trying to collect all our information to one day, you know, unleash the AI bots and they will become our overlords in a matter of days. That's a conspiracy theory I basically just made up, but you guys might believe it as something that's out there on the internet. I mean, well, there are a uh, lot of conspiracies that the that governments are trying to get our data, and that's actually been proven by the amount of data requests from governments to Facebook. <laughs> it just Facebook alone. Many governments have put in many data requests to try to get, you know, citizens data some are probably just really good research studies that will help out people and others maybe more insidious. So how do you, how do you know? And that's the whole thing about a conspiracy is that you just, you go around in circles. (laughs) Those who believe in the conspiracy will never seem to, no evidence will seem to dissuade them. And those who don't believe in conspiracy never seem to find enough evidence that would Convince everybody else otherwise. <laughs> I would disagree. I know, shocking, shocking you... that I disagree. <laughs> but I've I've been I've been doing some reading. Now, traditionally, there hasn't been all that much study done in convincing people or uh, away from conspiracies, right? Getting people to drop conspiracy theories that they hold on, they believe in, uh, by by talking to them. There's a, that idea that if you use logic against people who believe in conspiracies, all you're doing is giving them more ammo. And we talked a little bit about this in the first half. But uh, some scientists did a study. Uh, They recruited about 800 Hungarians. And this was in 2016. Uh, This is a study that was published in Frontiers in Psychology. Uh, uh, I will put the, the article in the links. They found that when you present people with a conspiracy and you gauge their belief of it, they took three different tactics to try to dissuade this belief, right? They took the tactic of using logic, uh, explaining to them with numbers and logical analysis what the fallacies were in the belief. They also tried ridiculing them, ridiculing the belief and ridiculing those people who believe those false beliefs, pointing out 
this is wrong and people who believe this are are, are ridiculous right kind of pointing out uh lizard the lizard people believers and then they also tried an empathic argument basically saying uh rather than pointing out all the inconsistencies in the belief they tried pointing out how those beliefs can hurt people for example pointing out how uh the jewish people are overwhelmingly harmed by a lot of conspiracies including uh, the Holocaust deniers and things like that, and using empathy to try to move people away from conspiracies. They actually found that the logical argument was actually the most powerful at getting people to move away from conspiracies. It was actually found to be effective. Now, there it's not perfect. There are people who hold on to wrong beliefs really strongly. And this was a completely wrong conspiracy. Like, there was just something they made up. Um, <laughs> they found that ridiculing also was effective. Surprisingly enough, jokes and making fun of people, I guess a form of bullying, can work, but only against those people who are not strong believers. Because it kind of creates a level of distance between those people who are uh, kind of, they just kind of lightly believe this conspiracy. They're, they suspect that it might be true. It gives them a reason to step away from the stronger believers. It just says, oh, I'm not crazy like these people. But... People who are strong believers, it gives them more ammo. It makes them feel that they are more vindicated and that they should believe this even harder. And empathic arguments had no impact. Was mm. the weakest of all. So if you go out there and you find that your Uncle Bill uh, is a complete believer in Pizzagate, for example, maybe don't try to use the empathic argument. Also, probably don't make fun of Uncle Bill. That's just not nice. <laughs> That's really interesting. I wonder if they tried, like, you know, convincing the people that their friends or their close circles don't believe in it and then using social pressure to actually dissuade them from believing the false. Um, I don't believe this particular study did, but it did try to make it uh, seem that, at least in the ridiculing yeah, uh, part. part of the experiment, they did kind of make it seem that uh, this is something that only someone who is silly would believe. Mm -hmm. No logical rational person would believe these things i find it interesting that truth wins and you know that that does it that the logical argument was the oh and this yeah you know that like just talking about truth yeah as well they're all true all all like um scenarios or every experiment was true in a way making fun of people's it's not like they're well, like it didn't falsely. leverage truth, right? Making it fun of people logically, leveraged social not, currency, not yeah. right? Yeah, it leveraged, Empathy like, leveraged emotion. Facts, right. But right. the first one really leveraged truth, facts, okay. logic, rationality. I um, wonder how much yeah. I wonder how much of this uh, the impact of the ridicule was related to that the fact that those people who are the most drawn to conspiracy theories are the people who have the lowest self-esteem. Well, that's a generalization. I wouldn't say everybody does. I, I that's um, not what I said. I'm but, saying that. Oh, but if a lot of them, they do, are the most drawn to it. Yeah, uh, you know that's just part that's of human nature. I think is just we want to we want to feel like we 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 do seek truth. Hopefully, at the at the core of who we are, and so we seek out people we connect with. I mean, if you think. Much of the truth we learn is built on trust. Like we, we learn how a car works, but we don't, not everybody goes into the car. A lot of people do that love cars, right? But 
there are a lot of people who drive a car that don't actually know how it works and they go on trust with what they've been taught of how it's actually working. That, you know, gas works in a certain way, that combustion works in a certain way, when really all of the mechanics in the world could really be using jelly beans. You just have never seen it, you know? <laughs> and the fact that... I want to live in this world? You know? So a lot of our Fossil knowledge... Fuels? What are you talking about? We use jelly beans. We do use jelly beans. No, I'm kidding. But and that's magic. why climate, climate science is a hoax. Magic beans. But Makes sense to me. The, the, I, okay, it's a weird example. Never mind. You heard but... it here, first, Piffles. <laughs> the world is run on jelly beans. The point Invest is... Invest jelly bean stuck. Yes. The point is that a lot of what we learn... We learn on trust. We learn. We trust our parents to teach us when we're young. We go to school and we trust the, the teachers at school. Uh, I've, you know, I definitely developed an audacious spirit, so I started questioning, you know, sources even from professors. You know, when we were in the MBA together, I still went back to the original sources when we learned something. I never took it at face value. Uh, but there's still level of trust. You can't just spend your entire life reading all the fine print, and so. Knowledge is is a social function in a, in a lot of ways, and so you know what you're saying is you know if the, if people who are are more prone to be looking for those connections or that are they're affected by by the negative social currency created by those connections, it, it kind of makes sense with just human nature because it's the only way uh, to learn. I mean, we could say, oh well, I don't need people to learn. I read books. Well, guess what? Who what books were written by? people. <laughs> and you have to trust the authors that they know what they're saying. And guess what? There are books that contradict each other. So which one is the truth? So this is, this is why conspiracies flourish so well. well in especially just, on the internet. You know? Right. That's a good point. And actually, on the internet, on it's harder. Internet, because yeah. there was, you know, pre-internet, even pre-TV, I think that it was much more difficult for a single idea or a conspiracy theory to flourish it would just take a lot of energy and time yeah there were more institutional effort. barriers like if you needed to get published exactly. you need to find a publisher who would do it or you had to self-publish and then that's a whole lot of difficulties you got to go through to get anyone to actually pick up your book if you wanted to be a professor well now you gotta and actually teach a class you gotta go through all the hurdles of being a professor mm-hmm. you couldn't just like stand on a soapbox i mean you could but chances are people weren't gonna listen to you Exactly. And I think with that, guys, um, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, This was another episode brought to you by the Illuminati. Thank you so much for listening. And everybody, I want to just remind you all to follow us on our new YouTube channel. Just search for us on uh, on YouTube for PFL Podcast, and you'll find us. We've published a few of our episodes. And this way, you'll be able to see all the links that we have and information of the episodes. Also, follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Obviously, also Google Play. You know, hit us up on Twitter. We're also on Facebook and everywhere else on social media. So please reach out to us. Give us some suggestions for podcast episodes. Give us some guest suggestions. We will listen to you guys. And make sure you tell us what your favorite conspiracy theory is on YouTube. Thank you very much. And I hope you all have a great, great day. And as always, stay crazy.